You're listening to the Not For Clicks Sports Podcast. I just don't understand you get to a final and you and you play like that. It's like, why? That could never happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> when we get backstage, it's going to be me. I just thought it was boring. I just thought it was really boring. What's happening? This is the Not For Click Sports Podcast. Uh, I am Jordan. He is Gabriel. He is Ollie. Marvin is not with us this week. It's not taking his turn. It's his turn to take a week off from the pod. Um, and I do want to say um, that he did a really good job in hosting for the two weeks that I was away. Um, but I can't because he did his best, though. He did his best. He did his best. And I'm a man that believes in doing your best, right? Just just meet, read your potential and just hit that. And Marvin definitely did that. So um, well, 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 well done to Marvin for the last Welcome back, Jude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was good. He was good. He was good. He was all right. He was all right. Um, uh, you know the format by now. We've got lots to get through on the next couple of, well, next hour or so. We'll be talking a little bit about tennis later on. We've got some Super Bowl chats. We've got some AFCON chats. And we'll be talking about a couple of big games across Europe as well. But first... You know, we kick off with a couple of quick hits. I'll be asking the gentlemen a question each. They have a minute to answer their questions and then we just keep it moving. Very simple. Before I get into my first two questions, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Watch us on the YouTube, across all the audio platforms. Give us a share, give us a like, give us a subscription. Subscription? Slap the subscription button. You know what I mean. Um, And tell the world. It makes a difference. Leave a comment as well. All right, let me kick off with the first uh, quick hit with... I'll start with you, Oh. Who's the harder watch, Nigeria or Chelsea? <laughs> wow, is that is, is is that like is that aimed at G really? No, 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 it's not, no, no, no. It's, 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 I mean, G can chip in if he wants after, but you know, wow, it's for you. Um, uh, I, it's a no-brainer that one. It has to be Nigeria. Nigeria, the harder watch. Chelsea actually have been. Chelsea played some good football against hang on, hang on, the sorry, other day. Sorry, Oli. Are Chelsea not so hard to watch because? It's fun seeing them get battered and lose. I know they've been decent. No, the last couple of games have been okay. They're, you know, I thought they played some good stuff against Villa, and you know, it was they they got their tactics right and they countered them really well. And you can see that. And let's be honest, who who didn't who didn't enjoy that goal from Fernandez? That was a great that was a great free kick. So you know, I don't think you can you can see there are players there. If they could get it together, they could become a really good unit. But yeah, they don't do it often enough, do they? But yeah, there's no, there is no contest there. Watching Nigeria is is that's too much. That is such a hard watch. I just don't understand. You get to a final and you and you play like that. It's like why? You know, just go out there and give it everything. You know what I mean? For ninety minutes, give it everything and try and win. Don't try and like, don't try and sneak it. That's just. I just, yeah, I don't understand the way Nigeria play. Gee, just briefly, we'll get to AFCON and Nigeria in a bit more detail a bit later in the show. But as someone that has been berating Chelsea all season, albeit last couple of games, you've, you've looked okay. Do you agree? Uh, I, I totally agree. Um, I think I think uh, Nigeria have tried to kind of Southgate their way to, to win a tournament, you know, oh, kind geez. of just get a, oh, get a goal here and there wherever they can. Um <laughs> And it it really you know it 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 backfired massively in the tournament because Ivory Coast came with you know energy and enthusiasm and that's what it took to beat us. Their quality wasn't that great either, but um, but yeah, they got to win and and deservedly so. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with Ollie. All right, 
Uh, you, Naji, who for you is leading the race currently for manager of the year? Edwards, O'Neill, or Postacoglu? Um, you can't give it to a Spurs man, even if he wanted to. It, uh, uh, <laughs> this, this, is, this, this is the hard thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Foster Cockney and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, how can I make a case? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm going to go for O'Neill. One because he's <laughs> one because he's not a Spurs man, but two because you know I saw I saw the way they played against us the other week, and it, it it's not luck. Like Wolves are actually a really good a good unit, and I never thought O'Neill would 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 really make it as a manager. I thought he'd be one of those guys who gets caretaker role here and there, and then kind of like moves on. But actually, he gets his he, he doesn't get much of a budget, doesn't get much of a say in transfers. It just seems to make it work. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's done a great job. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for O'Neill. Sorry, Big Ange. But, You've you know. done well there to waffle for sixty seconds, basically to lie, <laughs> just a complete lie. But I rate you. 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 No, fair play. Fair play. Fair play. All right, guys. Let's move into our first um, talking point um, of the day. Let's talk about a couple of big games in Europe. Um, no real standout games in the Premier League, but there was two standout games. Um, on the continent, uh, Xabi Alonso's unbeaten by Leverkusen. They hosted German champions Bayern Munich and in Spain, uh, Bellingham United, otherwise known as Real Madrid. They uh, <laughs> took on title-chasing Girona. Um, <clears throat> Gee, let's start with you again. For, you start with you on this one. You watched the game in La Liga, yeah. um, Real winning 4-0 in that match. But what did you make of Girona? I, I appreciate you probably don't watch La Liga that often, but... I mean, yeah. back in this game, but what, what did you make I, of them? I, I was really, I was really disappointed in the end because, like, the story's been fascinating from afar with the way they've kind of, I wouldn't say they come out of nowhere. And I think some people are trying to like make it some kind of Leicester fairy tale story. Like, let's let's get it right. They've got the Man City infrastructure <laughs> in there, and Man City are they're literally buying players and loaning them back to them. So they've got there's a, even if it's not like massive transfer fees, they've got an infrastructure that they can use and they've took full advantage of it and credit to them for doing that. Um, but the game was just a washout. Like the first three, four minutes, I was like, oh snap, like Girona like had all the position. I thought they could they could really do something here. And Real three, Madrid, four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's how bad it is, right? <laughs> and like, Real Madrid didn't have any of their centre-backs. So you're thinking actually, okay, like, Go, go at them. And they tried, but then the minute that that first goal went in from, from Vinny Jr., it was just like, that's it. Like, they just completely collapsed. But I, I'll give credit to Ancelotti because when Ancelotti was in at Chelsea, I always just saw him as kind of like a a manager of, of egos and personalities, right? Like, he tried to change the formation. The players went against it. So players went and just basically played Jose's formation and, and it was the league. But I, you could really see in that game Antelotti kind of adu- making adjustments to the tactics and then working like with him keeping Rodrigo and um, and Vinny really wide so that, um, you know, Girona's fullbacks couldn't get forward. And actually he, knowing that this, he was playing um, like like Carvajal at, at centre-back and um, Camavinga at centre-back and been able to keep the ball away from them for the whole time. It's not like they had a great defensive performance. They just were able to retain the ball so well that they, they never got put under pressure. So credit to Ancelotti. Um, but 
we're supposed to talk about Girona. Unfortunately, it looks like the kind of the bubbles burst a little bit. They'll probably get Champions League football, but I don't think they'll win the Liga now after seeing that. Well, Jude Bellingham got two goals. Um, but do, do you, is it unfair, G, to suggest that? And actually, let me ask you, Oli, is it unfair to suggest that he's got a little bit lucky coming into La Liga at a time when it's not his strongest? You know, Barca are not the Barca of five, six years ago. Atletico Madrid, um, uh, he's kind of coming at a good time to kind of bat up the whole league. Uh, I don't. I really don't want to answer this question, Jordan. It's kind of this kind of thing that you know. I'll have Marv. Marv will be. Can you imagine Marv will be listening back to this, thinking, "What do you mean? What do you mean? Bellin, Bellin's the best player in Europe." So you know, it's kind of that's the kind of thing that I would say, Jordan. But you know, I just feel like G and Marv are all over me on Bellingham. So yeah, I yeah, I kind of agree with that that point because Barcelona this is probably the worst Bas- Barcelona team in a generation um, Atletico have probably I mean let's be fair the players are probably loads. bored of Simeone you know let alone Simeone being bored of Atletico um, so yeah there's not much out there so Real Madrid should win the title and um, I don't think that's a massive thing for me to have said last week that, you know, Bellin should be winning the La Liga this season. And then, you know, if if they get a good run in the Champions League, who knows? They've got great form in the Champions League, so they, they might they might have a good chance to win it. But yeah, I don't think it's the strongest um, La Liga that we've seen, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's a good time for Bellin to be there. That's not to say that he's not doing well. He, you know, his, his goal-scoring record... Is not to be sniffed at, and you know he deserves the he de- deserves the kind of the flowers he's getting at the moment. But yes, La Liga isn't that strong. Uh, gee, what's the defence for Bellingham, and, and and how was he in this game? He he was brilliant in this game, um, and I think the defence for him is that actually he's gone to a new league, and is almost playing like a new position. Like I I, I thought. When you looked at it at the beginning of the season, say, is he playing on top of a diamond or like the most... He's almost playing like a withdrawn striker role, almost. And he's adapted to it well. Um, So, yeah, I'm a big fan of what he's done. A little worried about the injury that he picked up. Um, Well, I guess we'll see, like, because, you know, ankle injuries can kind of, like, really hamper things. So we'll see how that kind of goes. But, um, yeah, I, I, I predict he'd be one of the stars. Well, he would have been one of the stars of the tournament if he had an expansive manager. Um, uh, before she's got Southwick. He's already... John, what, sorry, let me just check the date. What's the date today? It's the 13th of February. We haven't even got past Valentine's Day yet. He's ruling out Bellingham doing anything in the Euros this summer. Already. Because he's of, already ruling because out because of Southgate. In February. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's oh, so bad. wow. But, but, but what I will say is that I think, because it was Adidas was announced last week that they're going to make his celebration um, the kind of emblem of a brand, of a line of their, of their clothing. In the same way that Nike have got the Jumpman for Jordan, they're doing a similar thing for, for Bellingham. So we're not only seeing potentially a, a, a world-class football player doing his thing. We're seeing like... Th- the next superstar sportsman, forget forget football player. That's they're really building him into like a 
Tiger Woods type figure. This is more than golf. This is more than football. This is a star that everyone needs to kind of be buying into. I think it's a little bit early for that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't want to sound like Oli, but I think that's a little bit <laughs> premature. <laughs> and plus, I think the difference is like with the Tiger Woods and stuff, like, like Bellingham is a little bit chippy. Like he's got like a little bit of a Delhi Alley kind of stuff where he's always kind of like having a little moan and having a go at the ref and stuff like that. Always, always seems to be in a battle, which I don't think will do well for that kind of like, you know, being like really? the poster boy of it. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, I can't see it. So, yeah, I'm not sure I agree. I think some of the, some of the biggest superstars across sports have had a little bit of a bit of an edge. To, to, to their game. They're, they're not being, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't a nice guy. Tiger Woods wasn't a, the nicest person to interview well, and work well, with. Well, you R- can say R- that, Rooney, but, you right? but you but. found that out after when you digged into their personality. The mystique around them could have made it like, but Bellingham is, for lack of, it's like, on the pitch, they're a bit of a prick. Like he, and, and I think if he kind of, if he leans into that too much, I think it will take away from the, the thing around them. Like, that was messy. There was, there was, there was that embarrassing in, incident in the Bundesliga, wasn't it? Where he kind of blamed, yeah. he, he claimed the ref was, was, had been bought or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 The, in the Champions League a few years back. Was it the Champions League or was it Bundesliga? I can't remember oh, which. I, but, I remember him having, a, well, could, could have been more than one, but I definitely remember him having it into the, in, in, in the Champions League. Yeah. Saying, yeah. The there. Yeah. It was a definite incident where he kind of, he let himself down badly. George, can I just ask you quickly? Do you do you rate him? Do you think where where do you see him? Where are you on, where are you on the Bellingham barometer? I don't don't Ollie Marvin because I know I don't do do you rate him as a controversial question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I think that he's clearly a talent that has got everything about his game. The kind of comparisons in terms of his style of play to Zidane, I see that. I, I, I think he runs. Ooh. I think he moves. No, no, he does. I just think his style of play is very akin. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, has he got a touch of Zidane though? No, I'm not. I'm not comparing him to Zidane in terms of the complete player. I'm saying his style. When you look at him play as a midfielder, I can see. Do you know what I mean? If he was a silhouette, you could put Zidane the way he <clears> runs, <throat> where he turns with the ball. I, I, I would think that's fair. Is he world class? I think Oli's got a point in that it's difficult to anoint someone as world-class before they've won anything of significance. I think this world-class talent thing is a weird phrase I hear. He's got world-class talent. Well, if I score a goal in my backyard, I score a world-class goal. Does that mean I've got, am I world-class then? I think well, world-class well, can come for so many well, more things. Well, you know, I, I could get 180 and I could, I, I could probably... <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. So I'm, I, I think I think Oli is being a little bit harsh, but I do think you, Marv, and the rest of the world have gone a bit early in anointing him as like the number one player. Oh, I think he will be don't there. Don't put him in the same category as Marv. I think Marv is. A, is, there, is pick a team, one? G. Pick a team. Are you team Oli or are you team Marv? Pick a team. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's no being huh? in the middle. <laughs> You just said you're in the middle. I did, didn't I? I did, yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so you pick a team. <laughs> I, 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 I think he'll go on to be brilliant. I think, I, I think he has to he has to back it up with trophies. And I think winning winning La Liga isn't for me the barometer, especially this La Liga. So I, I think you've gone a bit early, but I think 
Oli's being maybe a little bit harsh, but just find Leon Bellingham. He's he's got he's now scored more league goals I've got here in a single season than any other Real Madrid midfielder this century. He took Italy to uh, twenty in all competitions. Um, in terms of exports, guys, is he currently already the the the, the best export this country has has, has seen football wise? Obviously, I'm talking about. Um, you say ever seen? Yeah. Uh, it's too early for that. Yeah, it's too early for that because he hasn't put trophies on on the. Uh, uh, when you say this country, you're talking about England. Or you're talking about British. Well, I guess, because obviously, I guess when British. you when you when you look at when you look at the trophy, I know that the people Real Madrid fans will tell you that Bale they don't like Bale, but you've got to look at his trophy hall. The numbers don't lie, yeah. and say, well, you know, this guy, this guy's won a lot for Real Madrid. So until he reaches those kind of levels, then. I don't think we can. Well, I don't think we can judge that yet. But he started well, and you know, I don't think. I mean, you're saying I'm harsh, but all I'm saying is, let's just wait a bit. You know, wait a bit and see where he gets to. I just don't feel that I can start talking about play a man being the best player in Europe based on half a season. And let's mm. be honest, Marvel's going after about five games. It's like <laughs> I just don't think I don't think you can start calling someone a best player in Europe based on that. It's kind of you need to do a bit more than that. Come on. Um finally on on this game G, um do Arsenal or Man City have anything to worry about in terms of the Champions League? Uh, Arsenal do because they're not as good as Man City. <laughs> but I think no, no in I terms mean... of Real Madrid yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I think oh. I think Real Madrid, I think Man City will look at it and think we could probably take them. Um, but I think if they if they came up against Arsenal, I think they'd dispatch Arsenal. Why? Because Arsenal are just not as good. Okay, fair reason. Um, <laughs> let's let's move to let's go to Germany now. Um, Oli, you watched this one between um, a former Arsenal legend and two Tottenham rejects. Um, in 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 in, 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 in. <laughs> Jacker took on Kane and Dyer and pocketed both of them. No, this one was um, I, I watched this game three 0 to Leverkusen. Um, first of all, how bad are Bayern Munich? Oh wow, oh wow! Again, this is another thing that we've talked about quite a few times, and it looks it actually looks like it's going to happen, doesn't it? <laughs> Kane is going to win this season empty-handed, isn't it? <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is about it, John, and the Spurs fan, yeah, I mean, I love Harry, and I love him, yeah, and I don't I don't wish him any ill. I've got to tell you now, I've got to tell you now, I've got to come clean. I will find it amusing if... <laughs> if, if, if <laughs> If he gains a season, that's not, that's, not, that's not a surprise. The thing is, it's not just about Harry. It's about all the. It's all about. It's about the Spurs haters as well. All the people who say he's got to get out of Spurs. He's got to go to a club that can win something. And he's gone there, yeah. And he just saw he the, the the narrative was just get out of Spurs and you'll win something. And he's going to go by Munich, and they could well get pipped by Leverkusen because they look so far off it on on Saturday. I just couldn't believe it. And the thing is, I used to like the Bundesliga. I used to watch it um, on a regular basis, but it just got to that point where I had to dip out because I was just like 
every season was the same. You'd watch the season, Dortmund would start quick and they'd look like they were they were really set for, to win the title. They'd be nine points clear going into the winter break. As I remember one season, there were nine points clear. And then Bayern will come back after the winter break and just steamroller everyone. And it would just be like that every season to the point where even last season, they let Dortmund take it right to the end of the last, last game. game. Yeah. <laughs> Dortmund, all Dortmund needed to do was win the game and they couldn't even do that. And it's like, wow, you know, they got a real problem. But season after season, well, 11 seasons, we've seen this happen. And it's just got to the point where it's like, I can't invest my time in this anymore. This is just this is driving me nuts. So I had to dip out of the Bundesliga because of that reason. But this time, I feel like Leverkusen are that far ahead of Bayern. And Bayern just look, they look a shambles to me. They don't look a team. They don't look like they've got a coherent strategy. And the thing was as well with Tuchel, Tuchel doesn't look like a good fit for Bayern. I don't know. I know G loves him, but, you know, maybe maybe it's just a wrong club for him, but he does not look like a good fit for that well, club. Well, on that point, Oli, is it is it fair to say in that league that you've just outlined 11 years in a row, however long it was, they win the title. If you don't win the title at Bayern Munich, is that just a sacking? Should you be oh, fired? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to go. You, 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 if he does not win the title at Bayern, he'll, he'll, he'll be gone for, for no, no two ways about it. I don't think you can survive. And you know the, 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 the media and all of the ex players around Bayern, they won't let you survive. You just will not survive. And he's already come. He's got, He's come wrong with quite a few of the ex players, Mateus and and uh, who was the other one? I can't remember who the other one was, but there was another player. Rumenica? You know, no, it wasn't Rumenica. It was someone else. Um, I think it was, who was the ex-keeper? Was it Oliver Kahn? Oh, Kahn. It been Kahn. But it's one of these, you know, but he's come wrong with a couple of them and, you know, they've had arguments on TV and stuff. Um, but yeah, he doesn't like a good fit. And I started, I, mean, I don't know about you, George, but at the start of that game, I saw the lineups and I saw Tuchel had changed his system to go three at the back and I thought, mm. you're losing this. It's yeah. like, whenever you see a big game like that, you always know, whenever the manager overthinks it and then decides, I'm going to change my system to match up to the opposition, you just think, this ain't going to go well, is it? You're going to lose. It, you know what I mean? It, it, it was so bad and Kane just didn't get a touch of the... We're laughing at wasn't Kane, in the game. It wasn't in the game. It wasn't in the game at all. It was so no. bad. And gee, I mean, on, just on Tuchel as well, because I, I, I agree with Oli in that. I think if you don't win the league as a Bayern manager, you should be sacked. To Oli's point about him being the wrong fit, I've got a feeling even if he does win the league, I think they'll still fire him. I think they'll... Cause I, I, it doesn't feel right. I know you love Tuchel, but I've never been convinced about Thomas Ducal. Never. Let's, let's, in fairness, Ducal does have a good CV and that's why he's got the jobs that he's gone to. But I do think there is something about him being almost like an underdog manager, right? Like, like when, when he won the Champions League with us, like we had great performances against teams that we were expected to lose against. Um, with no one expects us to win in the league. And we, and we, with all of that head to head against the big six is he always kind of came out on top. But I think there is something about being the best and being able to break things down. That's where he really struggled with Chelsea. Like our league form wasn't great. Um, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt because ultimately, I mean, it's really harsh that people call him a failure because you got one transfer, which was Lukaku, and that was it in that in that first 18 months. So it was really harsh to kind of say that 
he he didn't get he didn't get the time to kind of put his team together where you could say okay he did that and he failed. But if you were if you are to judge him on the eighteen months, you would say the league form wasn't good enough. We struggled to break down teams. We were he was almost too defensive in in, in some ways. We went we stuck with the three at the back regardless of who we were playing against. And we, it, we found it really hard to kind of, you know, and he had a peripheral of attackers, like the kind of like the Kai Havertz and Mason Mount. And we struggled to consistently find an attacking um, format or kind of, uh, you know, way of playing. And so in that sense, I do think that you could argue that at him being at, at a real elite club and at being at a club where they're the best team, the jewelry's still a little bit out on him. And I think um, he's got a big job to kind of turn it around up by and improve that this year. Uh, Oli, just a couple on, um, let's give a bit of love to Xabi Alonso. I just thought it's my first time fully watching uh, Leverkusen. I was just so impressed. I mean, they weren't up against much, granted, but I was so impressed. Um, do you think this was the, 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 the last big test for him? Do, do you think they will now go on and win, win, win the Bundesliga? Yeah, as long as they as long as they keep their heads and they don't kind of you know they let it get to them in the in the in the final furlong. Yeah, they, they I don't see any reason why they can't do it. I mean, they're, they're you know, what they're thirty thirty one games unbeaten now. It's just incredible, really, in, in, to have a run like that. They had a great win in midweek against Stuttgart in the in the cup, the German cup as well, and uh, they're taking on all comers and winning and. You know, he finds different ways to, to 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 get the job done. And the thing was, it was it was quite smart the way they attacked it. They didn't, you know, they were quite happy to let Bayern have the ball. And Bayern had a lot of possession in that first 10, 15 minutes. But they were quite happy to to wait for their opportunity. And once they found a way, they you know they got that. I mean, the first goal was so bad defensively from Bayern. The ball for the ball to go right right across the the, the area like that and get to Stanisic. But yeah, it's just I just thought that they were very clever in the way they attacked it. They didn't kind of go gung ho and try and uh, run by and over early on. They just waited for their moment, and it was it was it was a it was a surgical kind of uh, you know a, a, a sort of uh, beating of Bayern. Really, they just kind of they went to work on them and just and just got the job done. You know, they were very good. I was really impressed. One one thing I forgot, and I didn't I didn't remember it till the end of the game. They didn't have their main striker, Boniface as well. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that until the, until the, yeah. until I saw the players on the pitch. And Shaka um, was good. To be fair, Shaka was good. He, wasn't he? he he was good. He was good. Um, we've definitely uh, missed 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 out on him. Um, final question to both of you, just briefly, guys. Start with you, Gabriel. Do you think it would be a good move for both Liverpool and Xabi Alonso if he was to go there in the summer? Yeah, I do think it would be a good move. I think as well as Klopp has done, I think the team, they've they've got a new team in progress, but I think a a new way of playing and a new way of, um, the, clearly the heavy metal football that Klopp liked to play isn't, is, for me, isn't going to challenge City sustainably on, on a longer term basis. And Javi Alonso seems to kind of play like a brand of football which I think could compete with Pep. Now, whether he could translate that to the Prem, I'm I'm not so sure. Um, but I would like, I think if I was a Liverpool fan, I would like to see a, a slightly different style of play. And I think at the moment, Javi Alonso looks like the, the best candidate to bring that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd be a great addition to the Premier League. 
Um, not least, and this is this is one for your manager, Jordan. It'd be great to see a manager who's just kind of keeps his calm on the touchline. <laughs> he was just kind of, you know, that was if if there was going to be a game where he was going to do did, the. Didn't you play Mourinho and Conte recently? Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you know, but they, uh, I just, I just, uh, you know, honestly. I just feel like there should be. I did see there was one moment where he was um, he was having a go at the fourth official though, Alonso. But generally, if we're talking about managers who kind of keep it in check, and that was their biggest game of the season without doubt, and he kind of he held it down, especially even even after the third goal, which was an incredible yeah, finish, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, then the, and Frimpong went running over to the touchline, and Alonso was just stuck, sort of stayed well out of it, didn't he? And then kind of just picked them up and kind of you know get on with it, kind of thing. But yeah, I think um, I think he'd be a good addition. I just I just slightly wonder whether it's come too early for him, and whether mm-hmm. he might. It might be a good idea for him to stick with Leverkusen for another couple of years, see how far he can take it, and then take on a big job. Because the Premier League is unforgiving, as we all know, and could eat him up. I agree. I think it'll be a bad move at this point. I think he should wait another year at least. Um, you know, try and retain. Because even if he wins the, wins the Bundesliga this season, there'll be no pressure on him next year to retain it because people would expect... Bayern to come back strong and take it back. So, well, let's I'd be honest, George. The other time. thing, the other, the other thing is, I mean, everyone's talking about Liverpool, but if we know anything about Bayern Munich, is if if they lose or if they have a challenger, the first thing they do is to go into the challenger and take whoever they think is the most mm-hmm. important part of that. So, there's nothing to say that Bayern won't be looking at Alonso themselves and thinking he's our he's an ex player for us as well. He was a Bayern, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so was, there's nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing yeah. to say that Bayern won't be in the market for for Alonso as well once they sack Thomas Tuchel if he loses the title, which is I could so I think Liverpool won't be on their own in looking to get Alonso. It's just it just becomes a matter of whether Alonso sees his short term future in the Bundesliga or whether he wants to take a big step in, step into the Prem. All right, we've got some big thoughts coming up on Afcon shortly. Don't want to miss that, but first let's get into some tennis chat. All right, let's keep it moving now. But let's talk a little bit about tennis. Um, tennis is probably alongside football my favourite sport. Um, big fan of big fan of tennis. Um, and we're not done tennis on the pod yet. And to do so, we're going to have a discussion now. We're joined now by the Guardian's tennis correspondent, Tamani Cario. Good evening, Kamani. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, I wanted to get you on because. Uh, Sky have announced that they are going to be dedicating a bit like some of the other big sports for F1, football and cricket, tennis's own channel on on their on their network. And I'm just we want to have a discussion now about what we think that means, how we how well we think that will go, um, especially in light of it's been it's been tried before, right? You know, other broadcasters have tried to kind of dedicate a channel to tennis um, before. First of all, what is your what's your thoughts on Sky giving tennis fans and 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 the sport of tennis its own dedicated channel on their on their network? I think it's great for general sports fans who may not have known where to catch tennis before. Like like so, so I I grew up with tennis on Sky uh, back in the day, but but then in recent years it kind of jumped from different channels, and um, recently it was just on Amazon Prime. And so 
if you're a general sports fan and you you know you, you weren't you didn't have you didn't go on Amazon Prime regularly or or whatever you wouldn't see it much um but now obviously being on Sky you're, you're watching you're watching football they're going to they're going to tell you when the big matches are on you know it's it's yeah i think in for in that sense it's it's great and it seems like they're dedicating a lot of resources to it um for for actual tennis fans though i think some of them are actually quite other skeptical or not not yeah just not sure if it will work for them the, the good thing about it being on on amazon well so, so tennis is just like it's a hard sport to follow there's so much there's so many matches going on every every day i mean there's like four tournaments going on now and the good thing before is that um on amazon prime they just put every, any any court with a uh camera on it they they'd have a stream for it so you could watch anything at any time now everything being on one channel is, you know, they, they Sky they have like some multi viewing and stuff, but Sky will you know decide what to show you, and so I, that's the the frustrating thing for some fans. And do you think that tennis? I mean, football and cricket are the two biggest sports or two most popular sports in this country. So I kind of understand why Sky would feel the need. There's definitely an audience for those two sports to give them their own channel. Do you think that tennis is obviously a massive global international sport with a massive following? But do you think the audience is there to to um, cater to, as you say, some casual sports fans will, will dip in. And I don't know what is, if it's part of the package or if you've got to buy independently. But do you think tennis has the audience in this country to justify um, its own its own channel? Um, I, I think in general, um, tennis has an audience um but I, I guess the problem is that you know people tune in for Wimbledon they might tune in for the slams those, those are the, the big tournaments you know that bring bring attention and bring eyes um so I think they're gonna have to work on you know helping to build that audience for the smaller tournaments the, the massive events I think people will tune in you know if they know that Alcaraz is playing Djokovic of course you know that that will bring people but for in general, um, it, I think it just depends on on the matches when they're happening. You know what other sports are happening, and and yeah, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see right, if if they can like sustain an audience, and if this is, you know, th this is something that will you know happen for a long time, or if like, as has been in the past, there will be a few years on Sky Sports and then somewhere else. Ollie, do you think that it's a massive risk doing this at a time when? There aren't that many big names and there aren't. Tennis isn't at its peak like it was maybe for the last five to ten years. Yeah, I think it's a definitely a bold move by Sky. I mean, I, you know, I, I totally uh, back them in doing it. I think it's great, you know, to have as many sports as possible on the TV that you can watch. And, and you know, earlier on we talked about, you know, being able to watch the Bundesliga and, and being able to watch La Liga when, you know, the Prem isn't really kind of doing it for you. And in the same light, I want to be able to watch the tennis as and when I'd like to watch it. And um, it's a great thing, really, rather than the old days, that, as Tamani was saying a moment ago, where all you got was Wimbledon and you just heard about all the other slams, you know, um, kind of in passing, really. You didn't really get a chance to see anything. But now you're getting a chance to watch not just the slams, but you're seeing the ATP and the WTA tour, which is... I think is um, you know is 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 great for the tennis fans and um, and even the casual fans. The only problem I think with this is for, for Sky is that 
there's no one in this country at the moment that Sky can kind of hold, you know, hang their hat on um, and drive the kind of the the the, the kind of audience uh, to to watch more of the sport. Um, I suppose when you know a couple of years ago when Amazon Prime took it on, Andy Murray was still around, but now he's kind of you know he's reaching the end. I would have thought of his career, and even you know Sky started on Sunday with the uh, Qatar Open. And Emma Raducanu went out in the first round. So that's not exactly the kind of start they would have hoped for. I, w- I would have hoped they'd want, they would have wanted Emma Raducanu to go deep into the tournament to get them started well. But she's got out in the first round and now she's, she's, she's said that she's coming home to do more practicing. So they're not going to see much of her in the, uh, in the opening tournaments of, of, of their kind of, uh, New channel. Although I, I noticed this week, I noticed she uh, might have been earlier on today, actually, or yesterday. Um, I did notice that Sky, when they haven't got anything else on, will be putting stuff on main main event as well as on the tennis channel. So I'm not sure whether that means that um, you can watch different matches or whether you're kind of just watching the same matches on the on on the tennis channel. But um, but all in all, I think it's a you know I think it's a, a great move by Sky. I I hope it goes well and it's good for tennis and that can only be you know to get to get more eyes on it and hopefully people will will give it a chance. Uh, gee, you're not a massive tennis fan. Um, you're more of a casual fan. But do you think that this uh, guy needs to appeal to you? Obviously, Sky can't affect the actual matches, but th- yeah. for this to work, does Sky need to try and draw it in? sports fans casual tennis fans like you and if so beyond affecting the games they can't do what they need to do to do that absolutely they they do need to do that not only for tennis though but for themselves i think there used to be this reputation that you gave a sport the kind of sky treatment and it kind of elevated it propelled the sport sport that's not really happening so much anymore um you know, and and a lot of the sports are taking their business elsewhere, where for companies who will take better deals for the sport itself, um, financially. I mean, you look at that boxing going over to the zone and things like that. So yeah, I think Sky need t- tennis needs Sky to do well, but also Sky needs Sky to do well in in this sense. But for me, as uh, you know, as as a casual fan, it it's good for me to have the access. I think I really. I engaged in ten- I disengaged with tennis to a certain extent because of the I think the lack of characters. You know, I mean, Djokovic is probably the the biggest name now, and um, I, I mean, I, I actually like him as a person, but I don't think he's the most engaging character, or he's maybe a little bit of an anti-hero. Um, but I, I, I'd like to think that maybe over time, you know, Sky can help to promote some of the emerging characters in the sport. Um, which will then help the sport overall to progress. Jamani, how does tennis generally get more fans? Because, as I mentioned, we've mentioned it's lost some some huge names um, from, from the sport in the last couple of years. They've tried it with documentaries. Sports documentaries is a big thing right about now. Do you think trying to do more of these documentaries on Netflix, Amazon, is the way to try and build this audience to compete with Sports like football, cricket, um, and, and and boxing. Now, as G mentioned, Sky has a lot of the networks making a big push to kind of really make boxing um, the big thing. 
it's documentaries the way they need to do that to really entice a casual fan to actually want to then, oh, you know what? I, I hadn't heard of that person. Let me go and watch them at the next majors. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it, it's obvious. It's obviously worked for F1. We've seen that, and that the tennis is, has been really trying to copy F1 in in different ways. That you know, um, that uh, uh, the sports documentaries help to you know show the stories of the athletes and make it more interesting, make it more, I guess, palatable for people who who don't know much about tennis beyond watching Wimbledon. Um, but there are other things, I guess. That you, you, I mean, as you mentioned, the the big three are, are winding down. Serena's retired, and it's funny to just see tennis kind of scrambling to um, make you know bring more eyes to the new generation and 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 capitalize on their fate, you know, the influence they've had. And so you see new events popping up. There was this new thing called Ultimate Tennis Showdown that took place in in London at the end of last year, which was trying to show tennis in a, a new light, which it basically copied, copied basketball and made, you know, with like timed quarters. And, and, you know, instead of it being like, you know, the regular tennis scoring. So they're trying some different ways to, to make, you know, as I said before, the the slams are are popular, and and still, I was just in Australia, and they had a million people through the gates. So uh, that you know, they're still making money, and it's still a popular sport. But yeah, I, I think they're trying in many different ways to 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 make the other events more interesting. At the at the at the same uh, breath, though, I do think you know, the. the that sport didn't make Federer, Nadal, or Djokovic. They were they're incredible tennis players who, who were excellent for so long. And what's going to bring people, you know, to, to the sport is more excellent tennis players. More, you know, if, if Carlos Alcaraz continues to play as he has done for ten years, then people will be interested. And if if there are other people who follow in the footsteps of Serena Williams, then people will watch. If if they aren't, then no one's going to watch a bunch of mediocre tennis players, you know, who win a slam and then disappear. Um, and let me ask you about the, the you mentioned the, the Netflix series Drive to Survive, which I definitely think reinvigorated the sport of F1. It got a lot of kind of forget casual fans, non fans are now watching F1 because of that documentary. What did you think of tennis's equivalent Breakpoint? I thought it was awful. What did you think? <laughs> um, I, I thought it was awful too. I I don't know if the thing is I'm I'm definitely not oh. the target audience. So I, I I don't know. You know, so some some of my friends I've, I've asked a lot of people who don't watch tennis and some of them liked it. But I do. The funny thing is that with Drive to Survive, a, a lot of the criticism was over. You know, the them trying creating too much drama. You know, and and maybe yeah, yeah, just focusing on the drama rather than the actual tennis. Whereas I thought Breakpoint was you know that there were you know issues that where, where there were they ha, have dramatic issues i guess but they just skirted over them they like for example they barely mentioned Djokovic getting deported from australia which is to me one of the craziest things that's happened in sports in you know the past whatever and so so i, I didn't think it was that interesting it was it was good for showing how hard the sport is but i, I don't know if yeah i don't think they did a, a great job of it and and also, it doesn't seem to have gotten a very big audience, actually. Um, I don't see many people talking about it, to be honest. Um, I just thought it was boring. <laughs> I just thought it was really boring. The yeah. first episode. Oh, it was, I just, and I, I really wanted to like it. I wanted to, 
because a lot of my friends who like you like the you, you liked it. Sorry to interrupt you, but you liked mm. it when Kyrgios was in it, right? I, well, I was, I was going to come to that because sorry, sorry. I, 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 well, no, just I, I think Kyrgios is is gold. I think very few sports have a star. A genuine star with person, whether you like him or not, think he's bad for the sport. Or not, we can discuss that. But he's definitely a personality. Not many sports have got that, and tennis has got that. And I just thought after episode one, which he featured in, and it, they were smart to do that. I mean, you could argue they can maybe make his one last because then you have to watch the rest to get to that. But <laughs> after his episode, I just thought the whole thing was a snore fest. And I just I've seen recently that he's got. Um, a new a, a series out a podcast series out where he's interviewing people from sport and outside of sport. I just think why is tennis letting him go? Why not? Te- why is tennis not finding? Why is Sky not finding a way to really utilize this person that can definitely grab people like Gabriel? In? I, I don't know, Ollie, what you think about Kyrgios and how tennis is utilizing him. They had him on comms for the for the Aussie Open, yeah. and I'm like, get him in the studio. Yeah, <laughs> get him yeah. in but, the studio. Yeah, I don't know. But, but, that, that's that's the thing though. Like, it, it, however good of a personality you are, you have to win. And Kyrgios hasn't. Play, he played one match last year and hasn't played. You know, he's played one match since twenty twenty two. So if if he doesn't win, then he's he's think, useless in terms of I think promoting he, the sport. I think even if he doesn't win, I think he's that much of a character. I think tennis non tennis fans don't really care if he wins or not, do they? They don't care no. if he wins. They want to just see him do a matting. I just or think, maybe see him lose. Could be a good thing. Let's, let's, be, let's be fair to Marnie. There are plenty of uh, British tennis players who've made careers off the back of less than Kyrgios. <laughs> you know, for sure, yeah, for sure. They basically they basically play one tennis match and then they're and then they're and then they're they're, they're, they're expert pundits, aren't they? For the rest of their careers. It's that's like fair, wow, fair. you know. So Kyrgios has got every right if he wanted to if he wanted to go into into media now. And make you know make his name doing that, then you know why not? I think he it seems to be a seems to be a pathway for for mo- most British players, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he's he'll be successful doing media and, and things like that. I just think in in terms of you know if we're talking about promoting the sport, if you know if he when when he made the final of Wimbledon, that was huge news. He you know he he had an amazing tournament and people were. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone, you know, so many people are, who don't watch tennis were watching him against Djokovic in that final. But again, I, I feel like in, in an in individual sport where the, you know, the, the you know, players, the personalities and the players are the focal point and not like a team, not not like a, not you know, Arsenal or whatever, um, you, you have to win. And, and that's how you draw people to the sport. Well, well, just on that point, I'll wrap it up now, but can you guys think of the football equivalent? Who's a footballer that hasn't won much, but is a is a bit of a personality? Is on TV. Is is that is that Mika Richards? Maybe I don't want to prem, but who's who's the football star that he's not, he's not been... exactly Mika Richards isn't exactly controversial though, is he? Yeah. No, true. I mean, Kyrgios is he's a controversial character, isn't he? True, uh, true. Joey yes. Joey Barton. Yeah, maybe. That's not a bad shot. That's not a bad shot. That's not a yeah. bad shot. Not a bad shout. Um, well, listen, I've, I've, I hope the Sky, the Sky Channel definitely works because, um, you know, I, I mean, I won't be buying it. I don't pay for Sky, but I mean, for sports fans, <laughs> tennis fans, I hope that, you know, they get to see it and get to kind of enjoy um, more tennis. Listen, Jumani, thank, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, bro. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get into uh, AFCON now, guys. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, let's just keep this brief because um, <laughs> I ain't got time really. But um, first of all, Gabriel, let me start with you. Thoughts on the final? Um, Ivory Crows coming back from one goal down to win 2-1. I think even my Nigerian friends and colleagues have, have all unanimously, even the hardened, biased ones have all agreed that the better team won on, on the night. Um, what were your thoughts on the final? Yeah, it was, it was, as a spectacle, it was a really poor game. Um, and it was a, it, it was really disappointing, like, in terms of, from a Nigerian perspective, you get the lead, you don't deserve it. Okay, have a game plan to try to kind of win, win the game. But it's like, we just try to kind of hang in there. We didn't have any creative spark. I mean, the last, once Halle got the winning goal, which actually was quite a good goal, actually, mm. a, a, a good finish. Like there was no plan. It was just kind of lump it forward. It was like really like um, for as a spectacle and for for African football, I think that the, the final was really, really disappointing. And as much as I feel like as a Nigerian, you'd want Nigeria to win. But I actually feel for African football, we'd have been better placed of like a Senegal or someone was in the final because all eyes are on the tournament. It actually was a packed stadium for once, which you know, I know Oli's been calling for. Um, it was but, the, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't lie, G. The atmosphere was fantastic. It was a great yeah. spectacle in terms of the, you know, the the, the crowd and seeing all the, you know, Solomon Salomon Kalu and and yeah. uh, you know and, and all of these guys in in the Drogba. It's all yeah, Chelsea players, Carly. isn't it? Carney yeah, exactly. was there, but yeah, yeah, no, it was great. He was. It was a great atmosphere. There's no two ways about that. Which was yeah. good to see. Which is good to see. But <clears throat> but as a game, Nigeria just didn't come to the party at all, um, which is really disappointing. Gabriel, are, are Nigeria, you kind of mentioned it earlier on, but are they kind of the African England in that, yeah. you know, <laughs> massive, yeah. just like massive expectations, you know, they got to a final, but they just, they just never deliver. Yeah, yeah. And, and also in terms of like, we're, we're not particularly light. Like the rest of the continent, wanted Ivory Coast to win that. Let's be clear about that as well. But yeah, no, but but more in, but and I, I don't, you know, I don't know, the first time I talk about Southgate, but the parallels <laughs> between the, the ways in, in actually trying to win where there is no, there's no tactic to try to win. It's just hang in there, hope you get a set piece, hope you get a got, and, and that carried us um, to, to the final. But the, the worst thing is, is that there's so much attacking talent there. And you just think, like, this is probably our, you know, the best four attackers we've had for for, for, for years. And to play like that, to waste Osman, Osman looked re- distinctly Awful. average. Awful. And it's kind of like, I think Napoli are probably pissed that he came. Because whenever <laughs> they wanted to, to charge for him now, they're going to be able to ch- uh, charge half because... He just he just didn't look like he showed up, but I, but I do put that down to the way tactics, he played. That, that, yeah, to be fair, the tactics didn't help him, but he did nothing. He did, he did absolutely nothing. nothing in the whole tournament. Um, uh, uh, Oli, on the tournament generally, so many of my colleagues in the media, and I've got lots of friends that are out there covering it, have been like just really praising Afcon, and it's been I'm, I'm hearing it's been the best Afcon of all time. I didn't wow. watch every game, granted. I didn't watch every game. Yeah. So I will, to some degree, defer to those that were there and whatever. And I know it's a different experience when you're on the ground versus when you're watching on TV. But I'm like, if it was the most dramatic AFCON of all time, and it, that's, there's an argument, 
it was for all the wrong reasons, right? It wasn't dramatic because the quality was high. It was dramatic because some of the goalkeeping defending was League Two. Some of the patterns of play were just beyond embarrassing. It was dramatic for all the press trying to rush the Ghanaian Barca and beat up Chris Hutton. It was dramatic. But for I don't have the wrong reasons. I don't have with that, Jordan. I mean, you stop being I don't want to be the bad guy here, but overall, as a, as a, as a spectacle, what, what did you make of the overall tournament? Well, I suppose that people get excited when some of the big guns go out. And it was the same here. Egypt went out early. Morocco, who were one of the favourites, went out. Um, you know, Senegal kind of went out against... And and you've got this kind of redemption story of, of Ivory Coast. I mean, if there's ever a... If there's ever a, a, a you know, a reason why it can't be right that the third-place team gets to the final... It's one thing for Argentina to lose one nil or lose by the odd goal against Saudi Arabia to get packed out in your own in your own country <laughs> four nil and then still make the final. There's got to be something wrong there, and I just don't. Someone, if anyone tells me, oh yeah, it was a great tournament, they're not watching properly. Um, all right, guys, let's um, just kind of wrap up now. With a very brief mention on um, the American rugby took place Super Bowl a uh, couple, couple, couple of nights ago. Um, I don't know why I get labelled as a disrespectful one. You know Give me a break. Um, Super Bowl 2024. Um, this was interesting. Uh, was the most watched US TV broadcast since 1969 when the moon landed. I thought that was really significant. Um, I mean, a large part of that is clearly because Taylor Swift was in the building. Um, but the Kansas City, what are they called? Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. The San Francisco 25-22 in extra time. Oh, jeez. What um, are they called? You know, Do your research, um, bro. Sorry, so I'm just reading my notes here. Um, I didn't watch it. I, I, you know you know my thoughts on on on, on this sport. Um, Gabriel, you did watch it. Was, yeah. was it any good? Was Usher good? No, was it actually was quite a, a drab game, at least for three <laughs> or the four quarters. <laughs> but After but, all that. And it, it's such a shame because, like, you look at both of the attacks and you've got some of the heavy hitters in the sport. They're like um, McCaffrey, um, Mahomes, Kelsey. Um, we talked about Kelsey's brother last week. But it just didn't really pan out to be, you know, a big game. I think, you know, the highlights of the early parts of the games were Travis Kelsey having a go at at, at his coach Andy Reid, um, which we which we don't really get to see because Andy Reid's quite a big disciplinarian, and the camera panning to um, Taylor Swift as many times as possible to try to get reactions, <laughs> but Kelsey wasn't doing anything anyway, so it was hard to. And then in in the halftime show, um, Usher completely disrespecting. Swiss beats um, by, <laughs> by hugging up his wife live on TV. You know, this was the most interesting. This was the most interesting, non-interesting part of the whole thing because everyone's made a big deal about how he was having up, feeding up Swiss beats' girl Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, wife, wife, George. What, wife. sorry, wife, wife. <laughs> his wife, but I, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I, I didn't think it was like disrespectful. I, I didn't oh, think it was. George, if that was your wife. What would you be saying? A is a performance. You, I, I didn't. I sorry. I didn't see it. When you say hugging up, what exactly was he doing? They were dancing. So like his he, arms. God, you got. No, he was behind her. He grabbed her. He nestled, nestled his chin on her on her neck, <laughs> and he was. I knew. <laughs> and you got some people online who have zoomed into his face, 
And like he just looks, it's like he's biting his lip, but he just looks so content. It's a performance. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a performance. And, and he's, he's, he's got form for this as he well. Has, this is not the has, first time he's done No, he has. No, he has. I'll give you that. He has got form. But I just think people are realizing that the game was dead. So we need something to talk about. And it's like, oh, Usher, the, the scumbag, and he's been a scumbag. He's having up Twist Beats' wife, Alicia Keys, on stage. It's like, it wasn't that bad. Come on, G. Come on. If it was your wife, you, I, I, I'm gonna say that could never happen with me. <laughs> <laughs> when we get backstage, it's gonna be me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, anyway, that was the only thing that went viral after the game. So, can I just ask? Can, can I just ask? Oh. Sorry, sorry. Can I just ask what was behind the, him, Travis Kelsey, having a? go at the at his coach and and why yeah. is there not more being made of that i mean it, i only saw the a brief kind of shot of it but it looked terrible what he did i think that's like yeah. what was he playing at he just the, the players they were calling just weren't really looking for him um so and he's one of their big players so he's kind of like it's kind of almost like he's any given sunday that like, put me in the in, in the game coach kind of moment but yeah i think with to be honest with you, any other player, and actually a few players called that out uh, on Twitter, that any other player would have been called disruptive or disrespectful. But because Travis Kelsey is a bit of a national sweetheart, he kind of gets away with it. Mm. But yeah, it was bad. It was aggressive. It looked It, it looked, looked really bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, looked, it looked like someone having a go at like an old age pensioner, you know, yeah. on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough of that now. Um, let's wrap up now with... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely time for this... What you talking about, Willis? This week's uh, Willis of the Week. Um, I, I, I've chosen, in the absence of Marv, um, a video that's gone around, that was, uh, got sent to me anyway, of um, in the post-match celebrations of Ivory Coast lifting uh, AFCON in the train dressing room. They're all singing dances, they do. They're all doing their dancing. Great, love it. And you've got Serge Aurier, formerly of Tottenham, and Nicolas Pepe, formerly of, of my club, Arsenal, who have not had the grace of careers. Let's 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 be really clear. I mean, getting to Tottenham and definitely Arsenal, they've definitely both peaked um, in, in in their careers. <laughs> and they're having a they're having a laugh and joke about Salah not having won it. And I just thought to myself, you're Nicolas Pepe and Serge Aurier, and you're laughing at Salah because you've won Afcon. Like you've won Afcon, you deserved it. Congratulations. Enjoy yourself. Celebrate. Sing your songs. You know, even talk Nigeria because they're the finalists. Fine, whatever. But to kind of like really have a go and laugh and joke at, you know, currently the best African player on the planet, one of the best players on the planet, I just thought was classless and just so un... There was just a lack of self-awareness of who you are. Do you know what I mean? If you're Ronaldo <laughs> doing that, if you're Messi doing that, yeah, all right. You're Pepe and Aurier. So I'm giving it... If you haven't found it, Google it. It's, on, it's online. I'm giving the Willis of the Week to Serge Aurier and to um, Nicholas. Yeah. Nicholas Pepe, I, I, for sure. I just, I just don't, didn't get it because, like, it, like, what's the beef from? Like, what, what's, what's it about? Like, I don't. Like, is there some priors that we just don't? don't know I about? think, I think, I don't know, but I think they're just picking on the fact that he's Mohamed Salah, the biggest African player in the world. You know, he's come to Africa and he's obviously a lot of attention on him. Egypt went out relatively early. Ha 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 ha. But I'm like, just celebrate your win, bro. Don't have a dig yeah. at the guy that. Has had the career you would dream to have. Maybe, 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 maybe Egypt. Uh, maybe you're wrong, G, about Nigeria being the most hated nation in Africa. Maybe it's Egypt. 
Maybe, well, the, maybe. well, there are politics there because of whole the yeah. whole northern African sides that uh, yeah. you know, play, the, yeah, and they kind of that, identify more as Middle Eastern as, than they do Arab, African, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's definitely a, a, a kind of cultural political element to why a lot of African countries don't like Algeria, don't like Egypt, don't like Morocco, um, but that's a political discussion. Um, for a different podcast and a different thing. Like Dr. Umar's one. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> How the hell do you get Dr. Umar on, the, on a sports podcast? You're special. You're special. Listen, don't forget, as I mentioned... to get him on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, What's your Morocco. view on, on, on Morocco and Algeria versus Ghana and Nigeria? <laughs> no, no snow bunnies. <laughs> No, no. Follow us. We've got to go. We've got to go. Follow us on all of our socials. You know where we are Instagram, we're on Twitter. Give us a like and subscription on YouTube as well. All your Spotify, Amazon, all your old audio podcast outlets. We're across all of that. G O. Thank you very much. Until next week, we are out. Peace. <laughs>